Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and today, once again, we are talking about carbohydrates. We've done it a million times, and we will probably continue to. In fact, I really want to make sure that every couple of months, I'm doing an episode on protein and confusion about protein, fats and confusion about fats, as well as carbs and confusion about carbs, because There's a lot of confusion about all of them, and new confusing opinions and statements and resources are available every day. So I want to make that a priority as we move forward. Carbs tend to take the cake, though. No pun intended. It's almost like a religion around carbs. Either they are evil and you have to avoid them altogether, or they are essential for life and you need to consume them at every meal. I'm not in today's episode going to go way back to the basics of carbs. I've done that before talking about what is a carbohydrate and what is not and how do they act in the body. I will link to those episodes in the show notes at primalpotential.com if you feel like you need a refresher on the basics or just an introduction to the basics. We've done that and I'll link it up in the show notes. Today, I want to talk about some of the areas where I see a lot of confusion and misunderstanding, right? It's not a fat uh, carbs basics episode. I did that in the fat loss basics series. I covered carbohydrates in a lot of detail. So check out those episodes if you need that. I'm going to say that again and again and again because a lot of you need that and won't necessarily check it out. I hope you do. One of the biggest things I think people don't understand about carbs is really about blood sugar. Have you ever heard somebody say, yeah, I think my blood sugar was a little bit low, so I grabbed that cookie to kind of help myself out, or I could feel my blood sugar dropping, so I had a bowl of fruit salad, or whatever it is. And I am not in any way criticizing those comments at all. Nope, not even a little bit. My goal in using those as examples is to help you understand the real relationship between sugar and stable blood sugar, carbohydrates and stable blood sugar, not necessarily the way you've always thought about it because of your assumptions or misunderstandings, right? If we think about stable blood sugar, that balanced place that represents a healthy blood sugar level, a normal blood sugar level, that place we're referring to when we talk about low blood sugar or high blood sugar, I want everybody to really understand and not just hear it once, but think about it on a regular basis. Stable blood sugar represents only about one teaspoon of sugar dispersed through your entire blood volume. That is not very much. So when we respond to what we feel is low blood sugar with 
many, many, many teaspoons of sugar, as most people do, it's overkill, right? It's overkill. If we think about that, this idea of stable blood sugar, where our blood sugar wants to be to be healthy, to have energy, to not be in the high and shaky category, but also not in the low and shaky category or low and weak or low and faint category, it's only one teaspoon of sugar dispersed through our entire blood volume. One teaspoon of sugar is the equivalent to less than a quarter of a banana. Less than one-fourth of a banana is about one teaspoon of sugar. That's also about one large carrot. There is about one teaspoon of sugar in a large carrot, maybe about a carrot and a few more bites, right? And I tell you that to give context and understanding to what your body needs in terms of sugar and maintaining stable blood sugar. So for the sake of that context, let's look at how many teaspoons of sugar or the equivalent, are in certain foods. You can figure this out easily for yourself because one teaspoon is about four grams of sugar, right? So if you see something that has, say, 16 grams of sugar, divide that by four, and you have about four teaspoons of of sugar is what 16 grams is. So if we look at a large banana that has about 17 grams of sugar or just over four teaspoons. I want you to have that context so you can have that visual in your mind the next time you make a smoothie with a banana and some berries and some milk and some protein powder and see how quickly that sugar accumulates beyond what your body really needs. If we look at a regular bottle of Gatorade, right? You go to the grocery store, you pick up 32-ounce bottle of Gatorade, 56 grams of sugar, which is about 14 teaspoons, 14 teaspoons, or a 20-ounce Coke, 65 grams of sugar, which is more than 16 teaspoons. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever eaten a pint of ice cream before. I have. I absolutely have. In fact, it used to be a regular thing for me, to be perfectly honest, when I would binge, and that wasn't even the extent of the binge. That was just one fraction of the binge. But let's say you're going to eat the whole pint because that's what you do but you buy frozen yogurt instead of regular. So you go and you see Haagen-Dazs and you're like, oh, Haagen-Dazs has frozen yogurt in addition to their regular ice cream pints. Well, the frozen yogurt pints actually have more sugar. 88 grams of sugar in that pint of Haagen-Dazs frozen yogurt, 22 teaspoons. Again, I'm telling you this to give context because that stable baseline blood sugar that makes us feel our best, that we want to maintain not right after we eat, of course, because blood sugar naturally rises after a meal, but that stable blood sugar that we're often responding to that we want to kind of achieve represents about one teaspoon of sugar dispersed throughout our entire blood volume. Now, this can get tricky when we're thinking about things where the label reads zero grams of sugar. Please remember that starch, carbohydrate, is a long chain of sugar, right? So when we break down, for example, the starch in sweet potato, it metabolizes to its simplest building blocks, which are sugar. This is one of the reasons that in general, it's best to eat more whole foods that don't come with a label than processed foods with labels, right? We want to move away from those things that come with labels and have the majority of our diet 
on a regular basis come from whole foods that don't have labels. But we can't just say because it's fruit, because it's a vegetable, it is therefore healthy. Everything can be overconsumed. And this is why I want to really point out that zero sugar doesn't mean it's not going to raise your blood sugar because starch is a long chain of sugar. Now, fiber is different. When carbohydrate come from fiber, because, you know, fiber falls under that category of of carbohydrate, fiber does not break down to sugar, but starch does, all right? When we look at vegetables and the differences, vegetables are carbohydrates. And again, this is not an episode to talk about the basics. I will link those up in the show notes. But carrots contain more sugar and less fiber than, say, cabbage, Compared to carrots, cabbage contains less sugar and more fiber. And I am not suggesting that because vegetables are carbohydrates that they are bad. Completely disagree. But I am trying to help you understand the context of sugar and fiber and starch and what it does to blood sugar and where stable blood sugar really is in terms of sugar. The takeaway message here is know what you're eating and how much. Pay attention. Know what it is. Is it a carbohydrate? Is it going to metabolize to sugar? Have you been telling yourself it's fine because there's no sugar in it like rice? One of my clients was recently, I was reading over her journal and she was like, why is my blood sugar so high? She was monitoring her blood sugar. What's driving up my blood sugar? And it was rice. Rice is pure starch, very little fiber. And that starch breaks down to straight sugar and will drive up your blood sugar as much as a candy bar or more in many cases, right? Because candy bars oftentimes have fats and other things that are going to slow down the digestion. Now, this is not an argument that candy bars are better than rice. It is just understand what you are eating. Pay attention. It always comes back to that, doesn't it? Be thoughtful. It's not just about what tastes good. It's about understanding that food is information, It gives instructions to your body. What is the food you are eating or the amount you are eating or the frequency with which you're eating? And what is that information saying to your body? What instructions is it giving to your body? And what happens to you and your body composition, your energy, your physiology when you consume more sugar than your body needs, right? Anything beyond what is immediately needed for energy and to keep that sort of baseline stable blood sugar, if it's not used for energy, it has to be stored. It cannot just hang out and linger and, oh, I'm here if you need me. It has to be stored. And I've done many, many, many episodes on the storage process for carbohydrates, which I will link to in the show notes. But there's one piece of it that I want to touch on again today, and that is about your muscles, right? Because that sugar can be stored in the form of glycogen in your muscle tissue, which is great, right? That's absolutely fantastic. However, what we forget is that your muscles lack the enzyme to release that sugar into your body to fuel other parts of your body, which means that once it is stored in your muscle tissue, it has to be used by your muscles. And if it is not, that storage space stays full and you are more likely to have to store the, the next carbs that you eat, the rest of the sugar that you've consumed as fat, 
convert to and store as fat. It's called carb spillover, right? Because your muscle tissue does not have the enzyme needed to allow the glucose to leave your muscle tissue and be used for your blood, for your brain. Once it's in the muscles, it has to be used by the muscles, right? The other thing to keep in mind here is that carbohydrates are metabolized much more quickly than fats and proteins, which is why we experience more hunger and cravings when we consume sugar and carbs than we do when we consume fats and proteins. This is why when I'm going through breakfast adjustments with my fat loss fast track clients, they are amazed when they start to focus on the principles of a fat loss breakfast at how quickly their hunger and cravings decrease because fats and proteins are a much slower digestive process than carbohydrates are. So I want you keeping these things in mind when you are consuming carbs. Pay attention to what you are eating, how much you are eating, and really from a common sense perspective, your body needs more fuel. Because if you've just been sitting at your desk for the last four hours, you might not need fuel. Or if you're going to be sitting at your desk for the next four hours, you might not need that much fuel. If you are feeling like, gosh, I need a little bit of energy, carbs might not be the right answer. And if you are feeling like your blood sugar is a little bit low, you don't need a candy bar, right? You don't. That is more than what is required for stable blood sugar. Now, sometimes we need more for energy because we're about to go for a long workout. But number one, it doesn't have to be carbs. It certainly can be. There's nothing wrong with that. And number two, how much does your body truly need in terms of energy? And are you maybe going overboard? One of the fastest ways to know if you're going overboard is how is your body responding to what you're doing? Are you getting the results you want or not? It is so important to keep this stuff in mind. And then, of course, it begs the question, how do I capitalize on this info? Like, what do I do with it? How do I make an improvement that my body is going to respond to? And I think if you're just like brand spanking new to this, you've got to begin with writing down what you eat and how much and when. And if you're new to kind of thinking about what is a carb and what is not, oh, I wasn't thinking that fruits were carbs or, or I wasn't thinking, you know, that starch impacts me in terms of sugar and blood sugar, start by just identifying the things you eat. This is very clearly fat. This is very clearly protein. This is a carbohydrate. Just identifying that when you see it on paper and you see that, you know, you had rice and fruit at one meal, and at the next meal, you had starch and sugar, right? You can start to see, ah, maybe I am giving my body a whole lot more than it needs. So begin with just saying, what is it that I'm eating? What is this? How is this classified? And when you start seeing, gosh, carbs are showing up everywhere, maybe you can just dial back by one, If you see I'm having carbs with every single meal, start by saying I'm going to have them at two instead of three, right? Or I'm going to make sure that carbs aren't present in my snacks. All of the adjustments depend on your baseline. Journaling is the very, very, very beginning and everybody should start there. Are you having a fat loss breakfast or are you compromising there? 
In episodes Q&A 6, 115, and 290, I talk about exactly what that is and how to set your body up for less hunger, for fewer cravings, for an improved ability to burn fat. From there, what about the golden rules of carbs and fat loss, which I talk about in episode 195? How many days in a week are you really nailing that? And if it's only one or two, let's go for three or four, right? These are the kinds of things that you've got to pay attention to. It can be as simple as identifying in each meal. That would take you five seconds. Which element of my meal is a carb? Which element of my meal is a protein? Which element of my meal is fat? That awareness is huge. And if you're looking for a place to start, that is a great one, right? Where can you make an improvement? Maybe for you, you really feel like you've got the food part down pat and you're like, yeah, Elizabeth, I've heard this a million times before. Okay, so can you incorporate heavier lifting or maybe some high intensity interval training to tap into that stored muscle glycogen, reduce what you have in storage there to reduce the chances that the next carbs you can you consume are being converted to and stored as fat, again, known as carb spillover, which I talk about in episode nine. The thing I'm trying to get you to do here is pay attention to if stable blood sugar represents about one teaspoon of sugar dispersed through my entire blood volume, then based on how active I am and how much I eat and how frequently how frequently I eat, am I giving my body more than it needs? Am I causing this extra sugar, this extra starch to be stored? to be converted to and stored as fat, to fill up my muscle glycogen, and what can I do about it? Pay attention. Pay attention to what you're eating and start by identifying what you're eating and going beyond, I want this. This tastes good. What is it? And what is it doing to me? What information is it sending to my body? Start there. Want to give you guys a heads up of what is coming on the podcast I have promised, and I've been dragging my feet about it, but I will do it soon, I promise. I promised an episode on dating and food choices and how to make great food choices even when the person you're with makes very different food choices, which is and really has been my reality. It was my reality when I was married. It's my reality now when I'm dating. I promise I will do that episode very, very soon. Also going to be doing another episode on dairy, dairy and fat loss, dairy and your hormones, as well as the best three books I've ever read on nutrition and what I learned from them. If there is a topic that you are dying to hear about, please, please, please go to the show notes page on primalpotential.com and let me know about it. I will talk to you guys soon. I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.